it's Holly, and welcome to Sincerely You. Today, we are going to talk about being and feeling alone. Now, loneliness is one of those common feelings that pulls most of humanity together, meaning most of the world feels it, which is kind of contradicting in a way. We live in a world that's more connected than ever by technology and social media, yet almost all of us struggle with loneliness in some way. Let's get one thing straight. You can feel lonely while constantly being surrounded by people. Loneliness is feeling empty, alone, misunderstood, unwanted, and a bunch of other things. It's not just about having no friends, even though we cover that too in this episode. We all know that humans not only desire to be social, but we desire to be heard, cared for, nurtured, you name it. There are actual cases of children who have been neglected their entire childhoods without any social interaction or affection whatsoever, and they were never able to fully develop after that trauma, no matter how much social interaction or help they got afterwards. And I'm not sure if any of you have heard of Harlow's monkey experiments, but it's interesting, so I'm just going to sum it up. It's a study on isolation done in the 50s, I think. And he basically isolated infant monkeys, putting them in metal cages, and they were completely separated from one another. And he compared them to a group of monkeys that were surrounded by one another and had each other and had that community. So the monkeys that were in total isolation started showing disturbing behavior and even started self-harming. Meanwhile, the monkeys who had each other and were surrounded by other monkeys were doing just fine. Harlow also did a similar experiment where he had two fake mother monkeys, and one was a wire monkey that had the food, and the other monkey was a soft, cozy one that kind of mimicked a real mother. The scientists thought that the baby monkeys would form an attachment to the fake mother that provided them food, which was the cold wire monkey. Because, hello, I mean, that's what they need to survive. That's the thing that keeps them alive. But the baby monkey still ended up favoring the soft monkey that gave them comfort and nurtured them in some way. Even though that the fake soft one wasn't giving them food or anything to survive. I don't know if you even find these experiments and studies interesting, so I'm sorry if you don't, but I think they're pretty crazy. My point is, is that it's science. We naturally crave and need to be seen, loved, and cared for. And this is why loneliness takes a toll on so many of us. Because it's actually just a basic human need to need that community and social interaction. Let's go ahead and jump into the first entry, which is about being and feeling alone. Especially in this time where social distancing has affected all of our lives. Dear Diary, I feel as if nobody around me cares. Like I'm drowning in front of everyone, and they all just seem to look away. I've never felt so alone. I usually am alone, but now since the coronavirus started, and that we're all in quarantine, I can't see anyone. I've tried to talk to anyone about my loneliness, but they just say, Don't worry, it'll get better. But why does it seem like every day gets worse and worse? I feel like the fact no one cares makes me feel anxious. Like I'm going to die alone. I don't want to die alone. Sincerely, G.
Sometimes people don't need to hear it'll get better. And instead, they just need someone to listen to them and to have a full conversation about how they're really doing. Especially right now when the world is experiencing a huge increase in depression, anxiety, and suicide rates. And by the way, coincidence, I don't think so. I think people are struggling with mental health a lot more because we're lacking in being social and having that strong community, which, as we just discussed, is a basic human need and should remain a priority in all the ways possible. I mean, I even struggle with giving people advice that they aren't looking for sometimes. For example, if you came to me and said that you were struggling to make friends, it would be easy for me to tell you that things get better over time and that you find your true friends the more life goes on and, you know, all that stuff. But honestly, wouldn't it be better if I just sat down with you and said, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, not having strong friendships is a really hard thing to deal with. And I know how you feel, and it's really hard to go through. Sometimes we just need our loneliness to be validated. And sometimes we just need to know that we aren't the only ones going through it. I posted a TikTok about my insomnia. This was a long time ago. It was like probably a couple months ago. But I was basically opening up about how hard it was and how much it sucked. And people started commenting things like, oh, that's okay, it'll get better, or oh, I'm so sorry, feel better. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I didn't know why, because people were just being nice. But it just felt like they were kind of being sorry for me. And then I realized that I didn't want someone to feel sorry for me. I wanted someone to relate. I wanted that community that knows what that's like, who has also been through insomnia. And I wanted to not feel alone. So when people say things like, it'll get better, it really does feel like you are the only one going through it and therefore you're totally alone in your pain. And no one wants to feel like that. Gee, this is me saying that you aren't alone. Believe me, I've read hundreds of entries about loneliness and let me tell you, we are all struggling, especially in quarantine in this socially distanced world. Let me be the voice that tells you that I relate and it really does suck and that I know exactly what you're feeling, especially the anxious part. It always makes me anxious when it seems like I'm the only person going through something. And I think that's just because it makes me feel like, I don't know, like something's wrong with me and I'm not like everybody else. I also just want to add that most of the time, people don't realize when they're looking away or ignoring your problems. I can look back at so many examples where people clearly needed my help And I can clearly see it now looking back, but in the moment, it just went completely over my head. And I just didn't pick up on the signs. And I don't think anyone means to leave you stranded, at least not most people. So take comfort in the fact that a lot of people, they're just being stupid and it's just going over their heads and it sucks. But I remember so many times where I'm just like, Holly, how could you not see that like they needed somebody? They needed to talk and you just kind of blew them off. And I didn't really mean to. Again, I was probably more concerned with the things I was going through or something. But people do care. It's just that sometimes we suck at noticing other people's pain. But if we all just realize that we are all going through it, I think that it does make it a little bit better. The next entry is about having no friends. And I mean, not even fake friends. Literally just experiencing a total lack of community and support. 
Dear Diary, When I say I'm lonely, it's no joke. I know people say they feel like they are lonely all the time, which maybe they are, but my loneliness is scary. I have zero friends at my school. I have never told anyone this and probably never will, but I eat lunch in the bathroom alone every day at school. I am a junior and I have done this every day since the first day of my freshman year. I hate the feeling of looking alone, so I just hide at lunch so people don't see me alone. I can't make friends because I have severe social anxiety. Since quarantine has started and we haven't been at school, I have had only one person text me. And guess what it was for? Homework answers. Not even a how are you. They haven't talked to me since February and they asked me for homework answers. So when I say I have no friends at school, I literally don't have one single friend. I am lonely outside of school too. For example, I know it sounds stupid, but on Snapchat where it shows you your best friends list, there's usually eight people. Yeah, I have one person on that list and it's my mom. I have no one to talk to and it scares me. I am scared I will be like this forever, that I won't find a husband, have a maid of honor, just have people to talk with and do fun stuff with. It makes me so sad because I do want friends. It's not that I want to be lonely, it's just that I can't get myself to make any friends. I do have a so-called best friend, but the past two years she has been fading away from my life. She found a new best friend, and I know she likes her better, so I just sit back and watch our friendship fade away. It sucks to be this lonely, and I obviously have no one to talk to about it with. So I'm just stuck in this spot alone, and it's horrible. Sincerely, B. B, I don't know exactly what this is like, and I honestly just want to give you a massive hug and take you out for ice cream. The only somewhat relatable experience I have with having no friends is from 7th grade. I went to a really small Catholic grade school up until 8th grade, so there were only like 16 people in my entire class. And don't get me wrong, I loved every part of my school, and I usually did have friends. Everyone in my class was super nice, and at the end of the day, we were kind of like a family. But 7th grade was really hard for me because this is when the girls started to change, meaning a lot of them began only caring about boys and the way they looked, and I just wasn't into that yet. I still wanted to enjoy my childhood and not give a crap about straightening my hair. I remember one time after doing something funny, I remember one of the girls giving me a look and saying, wow, that's immature. And it was something she would have done with me like six months before, but they were all just changing. They were growing into teenagers, I guess is what it was. I also remember them starting to ask me sex questions and laughing at me when I didn't know the answers. Because of this, I just started to stray from all of them, and I felt so alone. I literally went home crying every day because I felt like I had no one else in the whole world that was on the same page as me. I begged my parents to let me switch schools. I would either stand by myself at recess or I'd go to the chapel and talk to God because it was Catholic, so obviously there was a church on campus. That's actually something I really, really loved, and it was one of the fruitful things that came out of my loneliness. So on top of everything else, 
Everyone in my class thought I was being stuck up. They thought I wouldn't hang out with them because I thought I was too good for them. And that wasn't true at all. I just wasn't connecting with anyone. And every time I put effort in, I just felt like a fish out of water. I felt so stupid, fake laughing at the jokes I didn't find funny or like pretending to be happy around them or like trying to force myself to fit in. I mean, it's kind of understandable why they would think that, but it was also just like, really, like this whole time, I just wanted someone to talk to me, someone to relate to, and everyone, it turns out, thought I was stuck up, but it's okay. I'm over it now. (laughs) So you know how people dream of their perfect guy? Like they will literally picture the dream guy in their head. Well, (laughs) I dreamed of my perfect best friend. Because I was just desiring a friendship that was true and honest and someone I didn't have to be fake around, someone to laugh with. And it's really sad, but I still remember what she looks like from me picturing her in my head. And I never met her, but that's what I was going through. That's what I wanted. I was desiring friendship and to relate to someone like that, to have that deeper connection with, because I wasn't connecting with anyone around me. B, I love that you desire friendship. And I know being alone sucks, but I promise it can be fruitful. Something good can always come out of it. Solitude, which is different from loneliness, is a virtue. And I learned more about myself than ever when I was at my loneliest. It's okay to be alone. And it's especially amazing to be comfortable with yourself and be able to enjoy your own company. That's something that most people don't have. But who wants to hear that, right? Especially when you long for community. I don't know too much about social anxiety, so cut me some slack when I say this, but maybe try eating lunch with everyone else for one day, even if that just means eating alone. I'm not saying you have to go up to 1,000 people and talk to them, but at least try to open the door to let someone in if the time would come. Based on my experience, people might just not know that you're lonely or even want friends. I will say, though, that people typically meet their lifelong friends after high school, so if you feel the pressure to be really social but simply don't want to be, that's okay too. I feel like a lot of people put so much pressure on having this massive, fun group of friends, and not everyone needs it or wants it, so if you feel that way, just know that you're fine. You don't need a thousand friends. But if you do long for friendship, you can do this. Baby steps. The tiniest little baby steps. Put yourself out there in the smallest of ways. Try something tiny each day. Even if it's something like complimenting someone else or saying hi to someone. I know for a fact that you're not the only lonely person in your high school. And I also know that some of my thousands of listeners can relate to you. So you're really not alone in your loneliness. And take comfort in that. And take comfort in knowing that other people have to be in your school that are desiring friendship too. The next entry is about how we often cope with loneliness in unhealthy ways. And how some of us are so desperate for attention that we will go to great lengths to get it. Dear Diary, I feel so alone. I have friends and a loving family, but I still feel alone. I feel like I'm selfish for feeling this because there are so many people who have it worse than me but I just can't help it, but feel alone. Everyone notices her pain, but no one notices mine. I've tried so much. 
I pushed myself during P.E. to keep running while I felt my breath slowly going away. But in the end, she's surrounded by people while I need to get up on my own. I've been starving myself because people would notice if I lost weight, right? But then she was diagnosed with an eating disorder, so nobody even looked at me anymore. Nobody noticed that I didn't eat anymore. Is it because I'm shy? Or because they know that if they ask me about it, I won't say anything? I tell myself I do it all for attention, but why? I absolutely hate attention. When I wasn't wearing shorts when it was over 30 degrees Celsius, people started paying attention to me. But I hated it. So why would I do it for attention? And I've been struggling with my body image since I was six or seven. I didn't even know her back then. So it's not like I want to have her attention. I know this male is probably really confusing, but I don't know what's going on in my head. The only thing I know is that this isn't all of it. I struggle with so much more, but this would be way too long if I had to talk about all of that. Right now, I just want to know, why are my problems not good enough? Why am I not good enough? Sincerely, A. you're not doing it for attention. You're doing it for someone to actually care. And that's understandable. I'm actually proud of you for realizing that your behavior is a cry for help in some ways. And I know that sounds really harsh, but listen, we all do it. All of us. When we feel unloved or unnoticed, our first reaction is to typically put ourselves in a position where we need help and require someone else to notice. And this isn't a lack of attention. It's a lack of love and care. So don't ever tell someone that their problems are just for attention and then leave them. Because what they actually need is someone to simply be there and ask how they are doing and actually care about how they are doing. And sometimes this behavior tells us that they aren't getting enough care or love at home too. So be kind. I'm saying all of this because I've been there. Not that my home life has ever been bad, but I do have three older sisters, so... There have been times when I wasn't first or even third priority in my household. And I don't think it's a coincidence that I started to seriously restrict my food intake the same time my family started arguing more and not paying as much attention to me. And this was like, I think it was my junior year of high school. It's just what we do to combat loneliness. I'm not trying to invalidate your problems, A. I'm just letting you know that it's okay to feel this way. Your problems are enough. You are enough, and you do deserve to be noticed. And I know it's hella frustrating to have someone else take all the attention 24-7. It took me a long time to grow and realize that even though I didn't get the care when I needed it most, I still deserve to have it. And just because others fail to notice doesn't mean you aren't deserving. It sucks to have other people fail us, especially when it's your parents or really close friends but I've grown to know that they don't mean to do it. We're all human and all trying our best, and we're all growing at our own pace. I promise you, you will learn so much from this pain. And whether you're a friend, sister, going to be a mom, whatever, I take comfort in the fact that you'll never let someone else's pain go unnoticed because you've been through it. And that's the fruit that comes out of this. I always think of how I'll never let my future daughter go through the things I went through. And it makes me happy that I've been through it for that very reason. I wake up 
every single day, thankful for my problems, my pain, suffering, insecurities, you name it. Why? Because I would not be doing Dear Diary if it weren't for my pain. I would not have started this podcast. Our loneliness and suffering serve such a great purpose. And you guys will see it one day, so hold on to that. The next entry is about being the only one expected to hold it all together. In other words, the happy friend. Dear Diary, I'm tired of having to tuck away my emotions all the time. My family has had it rough lately, and because of that, there's been a lot of tears, arguments, and anger. I have the feeling that I had to tuck away my emotions to be the tough one in the house. Basically meaning, I can't show my emotions because I have to be there emotionally for everyone else. I suffer with not being able to show others how I feel. And lately, I've been feeling as if I'm slowly falling into depression. Everyone I try to talk to about it kind of brushes it off and says, it'll get better. But honestly, the way I ball up my emotions tells me otherwise. I feel as if I'm so lonely mentally, and I feel like I'm detaching myself physically from people. And I feel like soon, there's not going to be a way out of this. Basically, I'm saying I need help, but I'm not sure I'm strong enough to talk about it all. Sincerely, I. I can't express to you guys how many entries I get about having to be the strong one. So many of you are what you call the happy friend, where you constantly have to make others laugh, give them advice, and have it all together. But inside, you're lonely when it comes to your own pain. I'm known among my friends and family for being really private, so I too hold it all in most of the time. I'll only share my pain after I've overcome it usually. It's like I usually go through something, figure it out, work it out by myself, and then I'll tell you about it after it's over. It's just really hard for me to open up about a lot of things I'm currently going through and ask for help or advice. In a lot of ways, I think I just assume that no one else can help me and that I can only help myself. This obviously isn't true, though. Being lonely in your own suffering will only drive you crazy. The submitter mentions she's feeling physically detached from people. You guys know by now that you need other people. It's science. You need their support. This is where you have to start making yourself the number one priority. And not in a selfish way, but in a way that just prioritizes your health. If there is one thing I've been learning over the past few months, it's that I am no help to other people when I don't take care of myself. This kind of goes back to how a lot of you used to think or still think that I really seriously struggle with depression or anxiety. And let me just say, if I were, I don't think I would be able to do this. I don't think I would be able to even start Dear Diary. I don't think I'd have this podcast. The only way I'm able to do this is because I'm somewhat okay in those areas. And yes, I struggle in my own ways 1000%, but I am not off the deep end because if I was, I would not be able to be doing this whatsoever. The second I even start to feel down or really anxious, that's where you guys will see me disappear for like a week and I do have to take a break because you physically, emotionally, mentally can't be there for other people when you're suffering. You just can't. 
And again, the only solution to this is to make your health the number one priority in your life. I mentioned this last episode, but that time after I graduated college was when I was the loneliest and had the worst mental health I've ever had. All my friends were still in college, my family stayed pretty busy, and when I got a job, I worked from home. So I would literally get up from my bed in the morning, walk a few steps to my desk, work, then watch Netflix or something in my room, and then I'd go to sleep and repeat the day without talking to anyone, hardly my family. It was a really, really lonely time in my life. And even to this day, it's so hard to break the loop, even now, especially since this COVID stuff hit. And this is really sad, but when I do decide to work from a coffee shop or something, I realize how nice it is to simply talk to a cashier or have a short conversation with a stranger. I guess it's like my mind forgets that communication even exists because I've been starving myself of it. And most of us do that. But when it came to having someone to talk to about my problems, this was especially hard. And it wasn't really until I decided I was going to fight for myself that it started to get better. I reached out to old friends and I asked them to go to dinner with me or I would just have a conversation and catch up. I started talking to my family more and opening up little by little. It was the first time I realized that I did have the power to do something about my loneliness. And that waiting around for someone to notice or do something about it just wasn't going to be effective. It's funny because I'm really not that closed off anymore. After I got a taste of being lonely and having no one to vent to, I now open up to just about anyone. And it's because I now know how valuable human interaction is. I never want to take it for granted again. (laughs) And I mean it. I used to be so shy in school and all throughout growing up, and now I'm just somewhat of an open book, depending the situation. I'm not saying I go around telling people my darkest secrets, but when someone asks me how I am, instead of saying good or fine, I'll say something like, oh, you know, just trying my best to get through this time. And the other person will usually say something back like, oh yeah, same here, I know how that is. And it's just that sense of community, you know? We are all in this together. And I don't even need to pour my heart out. I just need to be a little more open and honest instead of closed off for every little thing. To this submitter and to anyone who relates, start practicing being more open in the small ways. Start reaching out to people for authentic conversation, not a fake one. Start catching yourself when you tell people that you are good, and instead, try to be a little more honest. If you are having a hard day, say, oh, today's all right, but, you know, I'm just trying to get through it. And this opens up a little more conversation and creates a more honest world all around. The world is so used to faking being okay, especially with being online and social media. I don't think we realize how even a sliver of honesty can really mean a lot to someone else. We often think that people want us to be the happy friend, but in reality, I think what people need to know is that everyone does struggle sometimes. Pretending to be okay constantly doesn't do anyone good, especially if you're on the verge of breaking. So fight for yourself and crack open that hardened heart of yours, even if it's just a little bit. The next entry is about longing for someone to understand them, and I relate to this one a lot. So, I'm excited. Dear Diary, Life gets hard. My whole life has been good. Honestly, it has. 
but I still feel misunderstood. My parents don't notice, but every time they get upset or talk to me, they degrade me. I feel judged constantly, and I can't stop overthinking. I've never been in a relationship with a guy, even though I want to. No one understands, though. They don't understand that I want a relationship to love and feel loved. I just want someone who understands me and loves me for who I am. Almost everyone in my life makes me feel like an incompetent lowlife. I put on a smile for everyone because I know I need to be the strong one. I've never been able to tell anyone about how I feel because I know their problems are most likely worse. I always put on a fun show and make my friends laugh, but they don't understand how I truly feel. They don't realize how insecure I really am. I post about body positivity and tell everyone how pretty they are, but I never get anything in return. And maybe I shouldn't expect it. I mean, maybe I'm not really as pretty as I want to be, but I really just wish that every once in a while, people would give me in return what I give to them. Whether that be making me smile and it not be fake, or it be a simple compliment to make me feel pretty. I just feel so numb sometimes. Sincerely, Kay. Boy, do I remember feeling this when I was a teenager. Maybe it was the pressures of growing up or the stress of life in general, I don't know. But I think most teenagers start to feel this at some point, especially when the parents start to get on you for literally everything. And even more so when you feel like your friends don't understand you or aren't as close to you. I always craved someone to understand my mind and heart on a deep level. I wanted someone to click with, someone who just got it, and I specifically wanted this in a relationship too. Let me just tell you, it's so good to want this, and I'm so happy you long for a true connection with someone. I don't know if you guys will relate, but I can get pretty picky when it comes to making friends for this reason, because I don't just want an acquaintance. I want someone to be on the same page as me, someone who gets my way of thinking, I've tried to force friendships before and it just didn't work. Not that there was anything wrong with the person. It's just that we didn't click and therefore no great relationship was really going to flourish from it. You should all know that it is perfectly okay to be picky and you should be picky in some ways. I know it seems like it's so easy for other girls to find their group of friends so fast, but please know, (laughs) please know that a lot of it is fake where they aren't as close as they claim to be. I mean, why do you think half of the friendships disappear after high school? It's because they were never really deep friendships to begin with. It really does seem like everyone but you has an amazing group of friends, but guys, if you only knew the number of entries I get about fake friends or toxic friendships, you'd understand how much of a lie that is. It's actually probably the second most popular type of entry I get. So when I get a submission like this one of someone just craving a true, deep relationship, I know it has to be true for so many of you. So I'm about to tell you all something that you don't want to hear. This is where the waiting comes in. One of the most romantic things ever is waiting for someone, especially if it means waiting in solitude. Solitude is a virtue, and it's different than loneliness, as I think I already said before. 
but we can oftentimes mistake solitude for loneliness and miss out on all the goodness we could be getting from it. Because being alone isn't always bad. And being alone doesn't always mean that you have to feel lonely. And I think we get confused with that sometimes. Being alone can serve great purpose. And for example, if you are a Christian and you aren't praying for your future spouse, I highly recommend it. Do you know how loved you would feel if you met your soulmate and they told you that they've been praying for you for years? And even if you aren't Christian, hearing someone tell you that they've been waiting for you and you alone their entire life, it's just so romantic. Sometimes waiting is a part of the process. Sometimes being alone is a part of the process. Anyway, I want to highlight the difference between loneliness and solitude again, because I think it's really important and there's a lot we can pull from that. Loneliness is being in isolation in some form while feeling a great lack of something. It's the pain of being alone. Solitude is being alone without feeling lonely. It's the good part of being alone, the fruitful part. Most of the time, when you like yourself, you have no trouble practicing solitude. It's the people that can't stand their own company that despise being by themselves. And I'm just going to say it again. There is nothing inherently wrong with being alone. Yes, as I mentioned before, humans need each other, and that's a fact. But I think for some of us, it's not so much about not having anyone, and instead it's a fear of facing ourselves. Let me ask you something. When's the last time you just sat in silence for more than three minutes? No music, no phones, no TV, no computers, no nothing, no noise. I can't remember the last time I did this on purpose. Because I will naturally reach for my phone the second I experience silence. We have learned to run from loneliness in every aspect. We have a whole world at our fingertips. Millions of people within reach. We are constantly entertained constantly numbed. And as soon as we put the phone down, we feel that deep ache in our hearts for something more. We face a deafening silence, and we face the company of ourselves. And a lot of the time, instead of confronting that feeling and sitting with our own minds, we pick up our phones again to numb the ache. Don't numb the ache. The ache is beautiful. It proves that we were made for more. We were made for love, for deep connection, for purpose. And even though it hurts sometimes, we need to listen to ourselves. We need to remember how beautiful this desire is. I know loneliness is a huge, miserable pit of despair sometimes, but I don't want you going through it and completely miss out the good things that can possibly come from it. We can learn to be patient with ourselves. We can learn how to show compassion to ourselves. We can start to appreciate all the things we deal with all on our own. And I think the most important thing is we can be proud of ourselves in the smallest of ways. If we can't learn to enjoy our own company, we can never truly enjoy the company of others. I have two ending quotes for this episode. The first one is about loneliness, of course, <laughs> and it's by C.S. Lewis. Begin quote We are born helpless. As soon as we are fully conscious, we discover loneliness. We need others physically, emotionally, and intellectually. We need them if we are to know anything, even ourselves. End quote. And the second quote is by Augustine Burroughs. 
I may have mispronounced, but you know, I say that every episode. Begin quote, I used to feel so alone in the city, all those gazillions of people, and then me, on the outside. Because how do you meet a new person? I was very stunned by this for many years. And then I realized, you just say hi. They may ignore you, or you may marry them. And that possibility is worth that one word. End quote. If you would like to submit, visit submitdeardiary.com. Don't forget to leave a review and rating. And I think that's all. Don't forget to drink lots of water, eat enough, and move your body today. Sincerely, Holly. Thank you.